You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1338. We're wired differently. If you want to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself and be wildly successful, that means that you have to have an incredible amount of service to the community, right? I would say most people don't have that type of brain. Most people are like, you know what? I'm going to do what I can. My job's over here, but then I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do what I want. And that's that's what it is. Entrepreneurs are completely different. Yeah. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. For seven years, you've been driving a truck. You've done almost a million miles of driving. And you hear a podcast, you hear a story, you get inspired to learn more about real estate. You get inspired to learn more about finding discounted properties. You get, you get inspired to find out as much as you can about this crazy concept called wholesaling. Some people call it quick flips. Some people call it selling great opportunities. Some people call it whatever. It's, it's labeled a million different things. But you decide that you're going to go in and you're going to actually start taking action. So while you're driving 11 hours a day, you start making calls. Got your headset on, you're rocking and rolling, you've got good energy, you've got this fuel inside your belly that says, I can do this, I'm going to do this. And in your first month, you get six deals. That is the story of an incredible gentleman, incredible wholesaler out of Wasahatchee, right outside of Dallas, Texas. It is my pleasure to bring on to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, Clifford Walker, the Cowboy Closer. How are you, Clifford? Good doggy. I am doing phenomenally well, brother. What an introduction. I was like, who's that guy? He sounds awesome. <laughs> no, I first off want to say it is an absolute honor and a privilege and just a sincere blessing to be here with you. You have no earthly idea. And I mean every single bit of that. Well, I, I'm so excited to share your story. Not only share your story, but some of the wisdom that you've gained. I mean, you have been wholesaling since 2019. Mm -hmm. It's been four years. You've done over 100 deals. You have inspired an incredible amount of people locally and throughout the country. I want to know right off the bat, how do you get six deals in your first month? Because it takes most people months and months and months and months and months, <laughs> and months to find some opportunities to be able to have the confidence, to be able to understand the process, to get these deals to the finish line. So how did you do it month one? First off, I think people have to understand that I was not in a good place just in life-wise, like career-wise. I was driving trucks, like you mentioned, over the road, and I'm married. I actually have a wife. <laughs> I have two daughters, and I did that for seven years. And so you will be surprised how much life you miss in seven years when you have daughters who have soccer games on the weekend that I can't be a part of. I'm a cheer dad, so I'm missing cheer tournaments. And so 
I actually love my wife and want to be around her. And so (laughs) for that, it was just an unhappy place for me mentally. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to make this work. So I, I think that is what made it work for me because I didn't give myself an option. Like, I'm like, oh, this is going to work and I'm going to make it work. Yeah, I get asked that question, Clifford, all the time. What's the difference, right? What's the difference between people that do really well in this business and people that kind of just, you know, do okay or they get no success and they don't find any opportunities? And it is the difference between uh, you want to do this versus I must do this, right? I must achieve this. I must not be in this truck for the next 10 years. I must be at these events with my daughters. I must be around my wife more. That's really the fuel that keeps us going again and keeps us on the phone and keeps us reaching out. So, I mean, tactically, was it just you making calls while you were driving? Is that, I mean, like, (laughs) let's really break this down so that people can understand what it really takes in this business. Because we all see it, right? If you push the easy button, you get leads, you're going to close it, you're going to be a millionaire. It's all great. But none of that, I mean, all of that is fluff. But it's been kind of the, the way that our industry has been marketed Mm -hmm. for a long time, right? Let's talk about the, what it really takes. So for me, when you're truck driving, if anybody knows anything about truck driving, like legally by law, you don't have to drive, but you get up to 11 hours of drive time a day. And so I'm already sitting and driving. So what I would do is I would literally have my truck driving headset on, like the big old school one with the microphone. And I would go and print off the pre-foreclosures list and have all of that data like right there. And so I would literally sit and dial for as much as I possibly can that entire 11 hours of actively calling and dialing. And be mindful, I didn't even have a dialer at the time. I couldn't even afford it, (laughs) to be quite honest. You were just hand dialing? I was hand dialing like a madman, every single number calling for a minimum. I can almost guarantee it was at least 10 out of those 11 hours that I was on the phone every single day. So that's that's what it took. But again, I was in that headspace where I didn't have an option. Right. How'd you know what to say to him? How'd you know how to react? It was it just instinct? Have you just I mean, you have this you have this wonderful and warm and inviting tone of voice and personality and the way that you're you're curious, but you're not like pushy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a really strong gift and skill that you have. Do you think that it was just because that's just you or is it something you developed? No, I definitely think I developed it, you know, from listening to shows and podcasts like yours, where you say, just get out there and talk to people. Like, I don't want people to think that I got some type of gift of gab. Like I didn't have any sales experience. I didn't have any type of management background, leadership background, none of that. I messed up a boatload of calls. I mean, a lot of calls. There was calls where people chewed me out and I was like, Mm -hmm. I left with my tail between my legs. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh man. But I think I just stayed consistent. And what I would tell myself every time I messed up a call, well, I guess that's the family I'm not supposed to serve today. Let me call the next person. We have a motto 
in the rhino tribe, progress, not perfection. And I heard this wonderful uh, definition of progress by Ray Dalio. He has a great, he's a big hedge fund guy and he, he has a great book called Principles, a couple of them. And he talks about progress is pain plus reflection. Mm. Pain plus reflection is progress. And I really, I, I, I thought, I thought that, that that was really interesting because we do so much to avoid pain. We do, we do so much to avoid uh, rejection. We do so much to avoid getting chewed out. Right. It almost, you know, the, the part of our brain that is very tribal is like, oh, no, I'm going to get kicked out of the tribe type of thing. It's a, like an instinct that kicks in. But that's really the growth. That's really the progress that we have in this business is, OK, I said this to this person and it didn't work out. How could I have done that better? How could I have done that differently? If I had done it differently a hundred different times, would it have given me the same result? Or could I change up the way that I sound? Can I change up, you know, a little bit of the things that I say, the words that I use? And that's how we really build our skills. I'm telling you, I was, you know, I went for years and it'd be like chewed out, chewed out, chewed out, yelled at. And I'd be like, oh, that's just part of sales. That's just part of the thing. I just got to have thick rhino skin and get over it. And then I started really reflecting on it and kind of figuring out how to have that. And I was very rarely would I get chewed out. If I were to get to, to spend three hours on the phone right now, I, I, I bet maybe one or two. Yeah. Maybe one or two people would chew me out. Do you, would, do you feel the same? Uh, I do. Um, I don't think that I have it all figured out. I still stumble on some of my words, but I think sure. that my confidence within myself shines through my mishaps and I don't lose confidence with the seller. So I, I, I yep. think that that's what'll help me there. I love it. Yeah. On your Instagram, you had a post. I was looking at it and I told you, I'd, I'd tell Uh-oh. you a couple different things that I looked at your Instagram, which is fantastic. Everybody should follow Clifford Walker. Destiny demands development. Destiny demands development. What does that mean? Oh, I love that. So I'm a man of faith. There's no no doubt about that. And if anybody doubted it, I'm saying it. <laughs> and so. I truly believe that in order to go where God wants us to go and what he's trying to do for our lives requires a different version of us, a new version of us. Um, The Clifford that's before you right now, you would not recognize me five, six years ago because it was a completely different person. And where God is going to take me five years in the future needs to be a, a different version of myself. And so... We should always be trying to progress and develop our skills and genuinely just get better, not just with real estate, but in life. I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better friend. And so that's kind of what that means to me. But how do we do that as we're entrepreneurs, as we're growing our business, as we have so much imbalance in our thoughts because we're so focused on making sure that the business is growing and it's developing and there's consistency and there's security there? How do you do that and balance the progress of being a, a better father and the progress of being a better dad and a better son and a better whatever else it is? I mean, is it just a priority list or is it just something that you constantly focused on? I think it's a a melting pot of things, honestly, I believe. For me, it's definitely having a set schedule and prioritizing certain things. Like I knew for me, if I wanted your biceps, I needed to get into the gym, (laughs) right? 
And so every single day, without a doubt, I go to the gym every single day. And so it's a priority to me. So I time block that off. I, mm-hmm. I set time for personal development, for reading books and things of that nature. You just have to prioritize it. And yeah, yeah, in my opinion, when it comes down. to Well, that. it's really interesting, right? We have 168 hours. Yeah. None of us sleep eight hours a night. But if you did, yeah. that knocks off 56 hours. Yeah. So you got over 110 hours to work and be a father and be a husband and uh, develop yourself personally. I mean, we have enough time there if we really, really, really focus and really time block. It's just getting into that rhythm. It's just having that discipline. Yeah. And we talk about it on here often that, you know, discipline takes you places that motivation can't. And I think what happens is we get really motivated by something and it gets us inspired for a while, but we don't realize that it's the consistency. It's the long-term patterns that we're building into our schedule, into our lives that really matter, right? When I read Destiny Demands Development, it's growth and growth is painful. If growth wasn't painful, we wouldn't know that we were growing. And so, um, and actually, I love that. I remember you mentioning one time about a book. Oh, forgive me. I can't think of the name. Uh, but you talk about having a growth mindset. You talk about that a lot. That's actually what helped me a lot was, okay, I need to have this growth mindset to where I'm always getting better. I'm always growing. And I'm not closed minded. I think even for new people getting started in real estate, they focus so much on the real estate where they're not even spending any time sharpening their axe. Like Abraham Lincoln said, if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'm spending four sharpening my axe. And like people just drop the sharpening tool, like keep going, keep growing. Well, I think, listen, we're wired differently. If you want to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself and be wildly successful, that means that you have to have an incredible amount of service to the community, right? I would say most people don't have that type of brain. Most people are like, you know what? I'm going to do what I can. My job's over here, but then I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do what I want. And that's that's what it is. Entrepreneurs are completely different. Completely different. We're out there. We're like, we want to serve everybody. We want to create something special. We want to provide opportunities for our friends and family or whoever (laughs) else out there to work with us and to succeed with us and all of these things, right? And to be able to do that, you have to be obsessed with your ability to go out and serve. And I think that that's that like that nagging thing inside of us that's like, how much potential do I have on this life? Yeah. How much potential do I have to serve in this life? How much potential do I have to lead in this life? How much potential do I have to solve the problems of people that can't solve them themselves out there in the marketplace? And I think that that's what's so incredible about entrepreneurs. That's why I love going and speaking on stages or I love being on YouTube or podcasts and just being loud and speaking to entrepreneurs. And I tell them, I love you. I love you guys because there's not a lot of us. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's what like when you're in a nine to five or when you're driving and you've got life's responsibilities and you've got all these other things and and maybe you didn't come from a background that um, had a really high financial education and didn't have a, a lot of resources that you you have this like pull even when you have that nine to five to go and do something else to do that side hustle to commit to it and really go because you're feeding that potential that you feel inside yourselves and, and I think it's just the way that that people are wired I really yeah. do. 
I think some people are just wired that way. And it's exciting to be around those people and be around people that certainly doing more than you. And it helps you grow and it helps push you. And you're like, okay, I, I, I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd do a hundred deals. And now you're looking at a hundred deals. You're like, I, I could do a thousand deals. I could do 10,000 deals. Right. Exactly. I can rewind a little bit. If I may, when you mention about servicing or being of service, I truly, truly believe that is what we are doing here. Mm -hmm. We are building generational wealth by serving other people. A hundred percent. In fact, I go into every single conversation with the seller, figuring out how I can be of service. And actually what that does, it takes away any pressure off of me needing to be some type of grand closer. I can just go in there. Hey, how can I help you? How can I be of service? These are the options. This is what I can do. If we're a good fit to work together, great. If not, I'm still here as a resource for you. Yeah, we talked about this. It's it's Closing is the natural progression of doing really great lead generation, pre-qualifying, lead follow-up, and your offer presentation. And really, our job is to solve their problems, and there's certain ways, there's certain paths to solve their problems, and that's what the discovery is. When we discover, can we, is a cash-as-is offer the best option for this property, right? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, it's not. Oftentimes we refer them to a real estate agent. Oftentimes we give them contractors to help them fix it up. Oftentimes we give them a good property manager that they can use to take that pressure off of themselves and their their schedule. Um, But the people that just want to get rid of the properties, they don't want it. They want speed and convenience. They've already made the decision they're going to sell this property. There's so many. There's so many. It's not everybody. It's not everybody. That's why we say we're deal finders. We're not deal creators. You know, we're here to just... Uh, find those opportunities. But in your case, when you were going out there and you were just starting out mm-hmm. and you were you were sitting down with these people for the first time, were you uncomfortable? Was it something that you felt um, you just had to listen and just kind of like craft the right path for them? Um, definitely uncomfortable. 120% I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what I was doing. I think back to my very, very first contract was a property in uh, Arlington, Texas, where they were a family. They were getting divorced. So they were in the middle of a divorce and they were facing foreclosure. And at the time I went in there, I met with them. The husband and wife, well, now ex, literally were arguing in the room. Like I had to put them into separate rooms when I tell you I was so uncomfortable, I'm like, I'm part real estate investor, marriage counselor, referee, like it was tense. And on top of that, a cash offer didn't work where we ended up, uh, I ended up doing a sub two on the property and uh, getting it that way. But anyhow, no, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally left that house with a signed contract called one of my coaches at the time, like, I got it under contract. Now what am I supposed to do? (laughs) And so what'd you do with it? So I ended up wholesaling it to actually another investor that you may know locally named Tang here Mm -hmm. in uh, Texas. He has a pretty good operation here. But no, I ended up wholesaling it to him. I think I made like seven grand on that first contract. Awesome. Well, let me ring this victory bell real quick. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, I love it. But you know what gave me confidence was getting that first deal closed. Not the dollar amount whatsoever. I know you have people on here that close $100,000 deals. I love it. But it gave me confidence to just keep going. Mm-hmm. It showed me that this business works and this model works. And now I just have to rinse and repeat it. Yeah, it's incredible when out of the air, out of the ether, you're able to find an opportunity and turn that into income. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. Well, that worked. Whether it's a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars, right? It's just something that you're like, okay, this is really interesting. I could just do this over and over and over again and find other opportunities. And that's how you build the business. And then you decide, what do you want to do? This is the interesting thing. And I want to get your take on this, Clifford, Mm -hmm. because I think that you've had some great experiences that you can speak to on this. As real estate entrepreneurs, there's so many different paths, right? I mean, really, there's three main paths. You either flip it, you hold it, or you assign it, right? If you want to just put it into those buckets. But the holding part of it has a tremendous amount of strategies. The flipping side of it has a tremendous amount of strategies. Uh, Assigning, it's pretty straightforward. But we have to choose a path at some point, right? Mm -hmm. We have to choose a path and what we want to build and do consistently and focus on. Because if you try to do all three at the same time, it turns into a disaster. (laughs) Would you agree with that? And can you speak to your experience with that? I would agree 120%. There's so much information out there where people begin to get information overload. Like you have to pick a lane and stay in it and get really good at that lane before you start trying to branch out. Um, I've done flips. I have rentals. I have sub two rentals and other things of that nature. But at the end of the day, my main focus is assigning contracts and wholesaling because I love it. Like that's my lane. But I didn't start doing those other things until I got, again, halfway good at this one thing. And you were doing flips? Mm-hmm. Would yeah. that take you off the, like... Oh, yeah. It's was, a, it, was it easy to do? No, it's a massive distraction, at least for me, because I don't have a full-blown flipping team. I know there's several people out there that have that. I, I don't. So I have to go to Home Depot to pick out material. I have to gather contractors and all of those things. Though I wasn't physically putting the nail in the wood, but I still had to go pick up the wood. (laughs) And it ended up creating actually more work for myself. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't, this ain't like what they show on TV. Let me go back to wholesaling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, the building a wholesaling business that runs without you, you bring on incredible talent for each of the different roles. You pull yourself out of it. Then you have the opportunity to cherry pick all the best opportunities, whatever they be, whether Mm -hmm. they're in real estate, whether they're in the market, whether they're in buying businesses or investing in businesses, whether it be starting new businesses, whatever it is. uh, If you have this cash machine that's constantly uh, funding uh, whatever exciting ideas that you have or whatever exciting opportunities that you find, that, that's how you last, right? That's, that, that's how you build something that isn't just you have to start doing a new business in a couple of years. This is building something that you can rely on for years and years to come. Yeah. What's your big plan? Let's just say five years and then 10 years. I'm just curious to know what, what you see. What is your path? So for me, I definitely want to scale my wholesaling business. I'm working with some amazing business coaches now, and we're 
building out the full-blown systems and processes and building a team in-house. Um, I also want to help share the message that we are building generational wealth by serving other people. I want to make sure that people know that when we go into these conversations with sellers, they're typically in a distressful situation. So they need people to go in there and pray with them and not pray on them. And so I want to shout that to the world. I found that real estate investors like yourself are some of the most loving, caring people that I personally know. And there's this thing where they feel like, oh, wholesalers are nasty or there's a negative lens there. And that's just far from the case where, in my opinion, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, I want to get my message out there a lot louder and uh, keep growing my nonprofit. I do actually have a nonprofit like you mentioned, we're able to start other businesses and and just make a difference. Just yeah. make the biggest impact that I can. You had posted that your goal is to tithe six figures. Yes. Actually, I've raised that to seven. Seven figures. Yes, that is the tithe seven figures mm-hmm. in a year. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I love that, that. is the goal. I why, am, why is that important to you? It's about making an impact. I heard a saying once where it says, use the money to love the people. Right. I'm a simple man. You know, you give me a good pair of boots and a hat. I'm happy. Right. But I want to make a difference in my community. I want to be the type of person that supports other people's endeavors and help them live their dreams and their goals. Yeah, I just do. It's important to me on so many levels. And to be able to say, I mean, that might be a little ego there too, maybe. <laughs> but I want to be able to say, I, don't think so. I want to be able to say, I, I tithe and give away seven figures a year to charities and organizations in my church that I love that I can do that. We created a business that acts like a ministry. Like how mm-hmm. powerful and impactful can that be? Oh, I love it. Let's go. You're gonna- I love it. And your path to that is building your wholesaling business. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I love it. That will be the Absolutely. goal for 2024. I will tithe seven figures in 2024. Let's go. We'll I believe it. I, bl- I absolutely believe it. And your wife, Brandy, works with you. Mm-hmm. Common vision, common goals. Oh, 100%. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. I honestly don't. Like, I'm genuinely just blessed there. My wife just has this crazy faith and maybe her faith in God allows her to have faith in me because when I told her that I was going to get started in wholesaling, she's like, I think you're crazy, but let's go. (laughs) Like, uh, I love it. I love it. So she's the, and she works in the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what is her, what is her role? Pretty much everything. (laughs) Yeah. I call her full operations. Like, I'm not the integrator whatsoever. I'm kind of more of that visionary person. And so she's the brains that puts the glue together and puts all this wheelhouse together. I just think of the stuff and she tells me how how we can do it and if it's even doable right now. And I think that we've hit on it a couple of times, but I just really want to just pound this home. This quote that you had from Charlotte Bronte, Mm -hmm. it says, I avoid looking forward or backward and try to keep looking upward. Yeah. What does that mean? That's a faith thing. There was a season where 
believe I tried to grow too fast early on. And that's a thing to mm-hmm. where I didn't have enough deal flow coming in to sustain people. At one point, we ended up losing like 85K in assignment fees just from deals closing. And when you're just getting started, that hurts. <laughs> that, that hurts now. That hurts. And um, it was a season where I was like, do I want to throw in the towel? Like, maybe this isn't for me. Because, again, I don't come from a business background, a real estate background. I don't have any fancy degrees hanging on my wall back there. So all this is brand, brand new to me. And so I was literally considering going back to truck driving. And so I'm like, no, that's that. I can't. And just in deep prayer and meditation, I was like, God, God spoke to me and he was like, you'll be successful if you don't quit. And so that just reminded me to always keep looking up because things are going to happen. Challenges are going to happen. I don't care what guru you see, they're still overcoming challenges and obstacles. We all just have to remember to look up and keep our faith. I love it. Give some uh, advice to people just starting out. Take the action and don't overcomplicate it. So many people overcomplicate it. It's like you, you've been preaching this for years. Just talk to people. Like that's it. And it's the one thing that everybody wants to run away from. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, you can't build a business. You can't build relationships without having quality conversations. What you're preaching and the movement that you have created with talking to people is way beyond real estate. That is a life thing. Imagine being married and not talking, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) having your kids Mm -hmm. and not talking like that's not a good relationship there. So, yeah, just just talk to people, genuinely focus on having a quality conversation. That's all I did. Like I would listen and binge watch your videos when I got started. Y'all like that's it. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. How can people find you? How can people uh, reach out to you? You're going to inspire a lot of people. A lot of people have a tremendous faith on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but you could just feel it coming out of you and you're you're just, you're going to inspire a lot of people. So how can people reach out to you and just connect with you or do business with you or meet with you and uh, Wasahachi Wasahachi. uh, or Dallas (laughs) Hatchie? Yes, sir. Definitely, they can reach me on uh, Instagram, Clifford, the Cowboy Closer. I actually just started a YouTube channel, the same Clifford, the Cowboy Closer. Reach out to me that way. Send me a message. I'd definitely love to connect and be of service any way that I possibly can. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being on here, Clifford. I love you. You are incredible. You've inspired me. Uh, Seven figures of tithing. It's uh, I love it. I love it. You've inspired me uh, greatly. So thank you for being on here. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for just having your own brand of confidence and kindness and curiosity. The Rhino Tribe loves you. And uh, thanks for being on here. Thank you for having me, brother. Awesome. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, go to wholesalinginc.com. Check out what the Rhino Tribe is all about. Go to wholesalinginc.com and apply to join the Rhino Tribe. And that's it. As always, I encourage you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time, guys. Love you. See ya. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.